Friday. Welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Rachel Leishman. And I'm your other host, Katrina Dennis. Um, and this week, we are here for episode two of The Last of Us. We're a day late because it was our lovely producer's birthday. Ashley was having a birthday and we didn't want to make her work. Mm-hmm. So we did it the next day. Happy 18th birthday. <laughs> She's older than 18. I'm making a joke. Um, She's older than 18, but younger than 40, because we're making an only over, older than 18 joke. And that's how you can tell. She's yeah, young. exactly. So she's somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, between, not over 40, between not 19 under 18. And 39. Yeah. Or 40. <laughs> Ashley, she's in that gray area somewhere. Um, but yeah, so this is, we're here for the second episode of The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal as Joel Miller. Um, and this this isn't gonna be as as long or eventful as the premiere because this episode's a little bit more contained, but mm-hmm. it's still there's still a lot to talk about. Oh yes, uh, absolutely. So, so Katrina, before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, what were some of your favorite parts of the second episode? Oh, uh, honestly, I liked that. I really loved every scene that we saw Joel like slightly open up to Ellie. Um, We see like the seedlings of their relationship really getting planted in this episode. And and it was nice to just kind of see the two of them come together. Um, And then just like Tess being an awesome, like badass. uh, This episode was, was really amazing. Um, And uh, yeah, it just, it was fun. It was a good, good second episode. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I completely agree. I loved all that. I also love little things like uh, some. There were some fun little one-liners from Ellie that I really loved, just because uh, you could see just like how sassy and like quickly she'll snap um, at everyone, and I really I, I enjoyed seeing that more and more in this. Episode. So whenever someone would say something to her and she'd be like pretending to be a clicker or mm-hmm. whatnot. I love the bit with like her continuously asking to, to have a gun. Um, I, I purchased her down. <laughs> yeah, I this was my favorite response of hers. Oops, this is my favorite response of hers. Uh, where she says, oh, gee, okay, Jesus, fine, I'll have to throw a fucking sandwich at them because they're going into the clickers and Joel's, she's like, can I have a gun? And Joel's like, fuck no. <laughs> so she's like, all right, well, I guess, what do I have? This sandwich. Great, thanks. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. So the beginning of the episode goes back to 2003 um, to Indonesia and is all about a uh, scientist who um, she is the kind she's the one who figures out what exactly what's going on she's the first one as far as we know and I think that in the in the pilot they also hinted that like a scientist in Indonesia is the one who figured it out that 
a that basically the cordyceps were growing and like she says in that beginning part like bomb your cities and go be with your family like we're basically fucked um Mm -hmm. which is terrifying but also like not normally how we kind of see these post-apocalyptic shows forming with stuff like mm-hmm. that. Normally, they're it's a bunch of denial, denial, denial. Um, and she straight up was like, nope, not good. Don't know what to tell you <laughs> other than it's not good. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really wonderful performance, too. Like, I, I love these, these openings to each episode that kind of, like, frame what we're about to see um, in, in the episode without being like too um, overzealous with it. So I, I enjoyed that because it plays directly into what Tess tells Ellie later in the episode. So I, uh, I thought that was a really nice way to present it. Yeah. And I think it, it really sets the tone because then like, this is like the first time we're seeing one of the bombed cities because it it cuts to them uh, sitting or Ellie wakes up is how it comes into the modern storyline. Um, and she's sitting in like this mossy area, which is really, it, it very much looks like the game, but is also just very pretty to look at. If you don't think too much about it, if you're not like, Oh yes, this is because they bombed a city, but there's all this greenery and like, it's pretty, even though it's in rubble. Um, and it is, her just sitting there she wakes up she looks over to find uh these two lovely individuals <laughs> just staring at her that's gonna be a good meme um, someday she, where it's like or she's uh you know like you try to sneak out and like your mom and dad are there yeah i am gonna make ashley send me that picture for my own use because i do love that she like wakes up and they're just like sitting like this um but all of this is it's leading up to them going outside in boston and you see the rubble and you see kind of like what happened so that they could try and stop the progression of the infection and so it was really kind of like jarring till i realized that you're like she said you have to do this to stop it they are stopping it and that is exactly what they did to do it and so it's it's scary it's scary this episode was really good with tension. Um, I really enjoyed like just a lot of the moments where the characters are alone and moving uh, away from a clicker uh, was just done really, really well. It was very scary without having jump scares, which I loved. Like, just love that there are just no real jump scares in this in this show so far. Yeah, it's like. It- it's using horror in a different way. It's like preying on our own fears about stuff. And which I like, uh, I, I haven't seen Chernobyl, but I've heard that Chernobyl's a lot of that where it's just like, it weighs heavily on you. Cause you like see what humankind is capable of and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, that is on my list to watch. Cause I, I do like the show a lot. I like how Craig Mazin is doing it. So I was like, Oh, I'm more interested in watching Chernobyl now. Versus before where everyone was like, it's good, but it's heavy. Like, yeah, no shit. A show about Chernobyl is heavy. Thanks for that information. This show does a really good job of like layering the the fear of like, oh shit, like some of this stuff could actually happen in a, like the perfect scenario for like a cordycepsy disease or like, you know. Uh, evolution i got there and um, but 
think the show's doing a really good job of layering in like the real life fear that we all have. Because mm-hmm. every person I've talked to who's watching the show is like, yeah, this all scares me. But then switches it into like the actual like apocalypse part of it and like the horror like aspect of it is not that scary. So it's right. just the like possibility part that is actually frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and it's not like we we have the best history of like preserving pandemics. Um, so the the idea that like you know eventually it will get or it could potentially get so bad someday in this in this world or another one um, because we just don't care enough is is kind of horrifying you know and and they like one of the things that i noticed in this is uh when tess does talk about the bombings um she says that like here it worked like there are there are a number of more like it, she she's hinting to the fact that like the u.s has a lot more survivors than other countries were lucky to have um because uh, other countries took it more seriously so uh yeah which uh, listen in this world where like a uh weird fungus looking person can just bite me oh i i might i would want to be somewhere else to be honest yeah. i don't i don't want to be living in boston no um no. sorry to boston trying to get out <laughs> um but yeah like i so the the whole episode is kind of not slow but it is like there's not as much happening it is a lot of like them talking which is actually kind of nice mm-hmm. to see tess um kind of just get like time to talk and be a character mm-hmm. which uh, she gets more in this than she does in the game not much but she does get more um mm-hmm. which is slowly becoming a trend because sarah got more screen time and got more character um, and now and now tess is, well and tommy's storyline's different but like and now tess is getting more screen time uh and actually getting to like do some more things because mm-hmm. her ending was pretty badass we'll get to that in a second because we get we, there's still more to talk about with this episode but like she had a she went out like a bad yes <laughs> she didn't go out and was like i'm a i'm a clicker now <laughs> um but so they're like walking around a lot they go up to this hotel to be quite honest, when I watched my screener for this episode, I thought those pillows uh, were green screen. Oh, really? Uh, I truly thought that was a green screen. Uh, only to discover that it is, in fact, just, uh, you know, <laughs> the set design is bright green pillows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised. Okay, so some of the things didn't make a whole lot like in the the set design and maybe someone can correct me on this in the comments because i'm like searching for an answer but if that area of boston was bombed why are so many wine glasses upright in that restaurant <laughs> that, that, bothered, <laughs> that really okay. bothered me like if there's like some kind of scientific reason for it or someone can answer this for me like please i just want to know like my hyper focus just went there while i was like they were panning the pan across like the restaurant i was like what how like a whole whole building toppled over down the street and you're telling me these wine glasses are gonna be standing up i like the idea that somebody came to this hotel (laughs) 
after all it was all said and done and they were like oh they got wine let's go and then just like had a bunch of wine yeah um, I did like there are things about this whole sequence that I really do did like because like it's obviously very funny when Joel is making fun of Ellie because <laughs> she says I can't swim and he, she says something about there not being a pool and he goes no smart ass and just jumps down into the water and he goes that's <laughs> like his knee and she's just like how was that like and she's like clearly that teenager who was like how was I supposed to know but also is so like upset that she was called a dumbass and proven wrong by an adult <laughs> man that she's just like I'm not I'm not responding to this mm-hmm. um, and in that same sequence though we get to learn like she she asks Joel and Tess if they uh, ever stayed somewhere like this, and Tess answers, "We weren't those kind of people." So mm. it's like you get a little bit of her backstory in that she she wasn't rich or well off before. Mm-hmm. She wasn't someone who like would stay at these hotels where like we know that Joel isn't because we saw Joel. Even though his house was very nice, he could have for sure done that. Yeah, I don't know. That was a nice ass house. It was a really nice house for <laughs> a single dad in Austin in like 2003. So, well, it was before the recession. That's true. Uh, so, we don't know where he would have been. George Bush. <laughs> um, I will say that this week there's not been enough memes about how George Bush would have reacted to the to, to this news oh, um, God. which was oh, my, my favorite part about the premiere was i saw a meme of like you know when george bush was being told about 9-11 but it yeah. was like there are the cordyceps f are in the mushrooms are infecting people um which god i love the internet um mm. <laughs> but it's perfect <laughs> the internet you're perfect um but yeah so it's like they're in this hotel. Ellie is messing around and finds a dead body. <laughs> she just like moves a cart. So that's like, no, like, yeah, I, now I'm back. I'm on your side about the shot, the wine glasses. Because <laughs> right. Right? Whole, everything else is in ruin. There was a whole like, dead body. Like, exactly. There's like, I just, nothing makes sense about those freaking wine glasses, except for the fact that maybe someone came and had a whole bunch of wine and left them upright. But they would have had to do that recently because it's Boston and that place has weather and there were like no closed windows in that that restaurant either. So I don't know. Someone correct me, please, because that that threw me off and I thought about it for the rest of the episode. And I'm still thinking about it now. That's me and the apocalypse, though. I would go there and be like, oh, shit, they have wine. And then, like, let's go. Let's fucking go. And but then they go upstairs. They're like, boop, 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 can't get in this room. Can't climb over to the next building I got to climb to. So then um, Tess is like, I got it. And she climbs over, like, this weird thing, jumped down the other room. Mm. Ellie and Joel are being mean to each other because they're still not BFFs yet. Um and they go in there, that's when they see the weird like green chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you really get to see just like kind of how messed up Boston is. Isn't that the shot where you see like the broken building? Because mm-hmm. I can't yeah. remember if that was the first one or the later. Yeah, that's the first time because they they walk out into like the open and you really like 
get a good look at it. And also this is, it, it was really cool. Cause it like, you know, I, I talked a little bit about my history with the last of us, but like, this was the, the level that they had as play testing um, at the, the very first last of us media event in California. So I went through Boston. And so seeing like from the inception of that to like the first version of the game to the remastered version of the game, to this, it's just been like, I would love to see all of those shots just like lined up just to see what the comparisons are. Well, yeah, and it's so cool. Like there's, there are like certain shots throughout this game. Um, and I will say as someone who saw it, it is that they're in throughout the show um, that are just like, yeah, that's from the game. And it's mm -hmm. really cool to kind of see how they incorporate those. Because it it would be easy to either just like shot for shot do it or be like, no, we can't do anything like the game. Like we can do these characters in the story, but we can't go that far. And it kind of does a fun balance of making up their own shots and how they want to film these scenes and kind of paying homage to the game. And that's kind of cool. I like that. That's how you do an adaptation, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> um. But yeah, then they do some more walking. There's a lot of walking. Yeah, you could yeah you could definitely call this a, a journey game or a journey show. <laughs> this is not the end of their walking either because they yeah. they have to cover some serious ground. Uh, but they get they get through a lot of uh, of iconic spots in Boston, um, including the, the museum. Yeah, before the was it before the museum though when they're talking about. Yeah, because Tess is talking real casually to her about whether or not anyone's going to come looking for Ellie, to which Ellie is like, I don't have any parents. And then um, she said, a boyfriend? She went, nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I like that no one pressed on. Well, I guess it was 2003. I mean, there's that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that, like, scene, because that, you know, even for people who don't know the game, uh, the... The quick answers that, that Ellie gives to Tess there tell tell you way more than uh than than anything else would have. So I, I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, like it's a nice like uh, people who don't know and people who don't you have an idea. Yeah, you like get to learn if you're paying attention. You're gonna come back to the scene and go, ah, oh, okay, got it. That is true. So yeah, so then they go into the museum. So now you've played this. So talk about the museum in the game because I've only seen it. Play, I've only seen it played through, but you've played it. Talk about the museum part in it's the game. So, it's so it's so eerie. I like like I think that's why I loved the scenes of of the characters just kind of like wandering around um, and and kind of creeping because they know that the baddies are 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 there. The the clickers are in that area, and I'm like, oh man. That's that's the tension that you get in the game. Like when you're you're trying to get around the map and you never know until it's like as soon as you hear them, it's too late, basically, because the clicks are so soft that like if you're hearing the clicks, it means they're really close to you. Um and yeah, I I that scene was really fun. I think uh I saw like a, a special or something from the game, like some behind the scenes stuff that that said that like the, the crew went to like the Boston Museum and took like lots of pictures of the artifacts there so that they could replicate them accurately for the game. And then I also suppose they did that for the show. So it was really cool. 
Yeah, in that same feature, uh, Craig Mazin was talking about how, why they switched to tendrils versus the spores, which it was a real roundabout way for me, for him being like, yeah, I didn't want to do a spore-based show where people wore masks and gas masks mm. in 2022. Like, it just had that energy. Even though it's not what he said, it had the energy of like, yeah, I didn't want to do a spore-based thing. In 2023, where everyone is thinking about a virus that is, because the spores are more complicated than just um, like, oh, if you're talking to someone five, six feet away from each other, you could get COVID. It's different than that because it's like, if they're not spore, if it's not a spore heavy Mm -hmm. area, Mm -hmm. you're fine. But if there's too many, so it's like, it's it's a lot to explain where the tendrils are are pretty like. Yeah, pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Pretty simple. You either get bitter, you get tendrils in your orifices, and then you die. So, <laughs> um, uh, and so he like talked about that, but he was also talking about how, like, all of that research, which included the boss and stuff, kind of was already there because the game, but then Neil and Craig just like took it a step further and went and researched it again to see like what had changed and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. How you should make shows and movies. Just if you're at adapting something, go back and do additional research. Mm-hmm. Can't hurt. Just makes yeah. it great. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's ridiculous. But so they're fighting these these little the, these clickers. They're real fast. Um, and so this mushroom boy comes running, jumps over. I like I I still don't fully understand. My my friends, when I said my friend Sophie, who's going, who she said she'll be on this podcast because I asked her. Uh, she said to me that they have like bats, like sonar, but that is hinting to me that I, or that is like insinuating that I, Rachel Leishman, know what bat sonar does. I I've seen Batman. I know how Batman uses sonar, but I don't <laughs> fully understand how that helps a bat. Like, is it just like if you're in the radius that it gets recognized? Like, I don't understand. See, I I mean, like, with the clickers, like, wasn't it? Oh, man, it's been a hot minute. Wasn't it like different kinds of clickers had different kinds of range or something? That sounds right. But also, I don't know if you're making that up in my brain. Can they see? No, yeah, that's the thing. They can't see. So the... Like, it's just about, I think it's about, like, the, how well they hear. I don't know. I shouldn't be saying stuff like this. Ashley said it depends on the stages. So it is, like, depending on where you are. Listen. Like, yeah. how She said, and how long they've been infected. Okay. So, like, here's what we all need to know. They're they're fast as shit. So all of a sudden, (laughs) you'll just be chilling somewhere, and it'll go. And they come running at you. And then you like bye you either gotta yeah. run or die you got exactly. to die or murder the the human clicker thing um i hope my impression of a clicker goes viral on the internet uh, <laughs> i think that was spot on we need to use that to clip to promote the episode yeah and then they go running um this is why i'm not a voice actor <laughs> i was not in charge of making the sounds of the clickers um but so they're in there, they're running around the fucking a Boston museum. I don't know what museum it is. Is it just the Boston Museum? Yeah, I think so. Just mm, okay. Boston. I was like, I don't it's know. It's like Boston Museum on it, so I'm going to assume. 
that it is the museum of boston um so they're like in then there everything's breaking they're fighting these two um and in the hub lub first of all the one clicker fully falls on joel and is like (laughs) on top of him yeah which i tweeted and i stand by it i too would like to bite joel miller so i stand (laughs) by that tweet um, I mean, I'm not wrong, uh, but that clicker, we'll call him Carl. Carl is trying to bite Ellie and Joel. They get mm-hmm. up. Joel shoots him twice, or shoots him. Yeah, he shoots, shoots that one twice. Shoots him once, but the other one, whatever. It's gone. It's dead. Um, <laughs> and so then another one comes in. Tess. Hits him with like a fucking axe. I don't know where she got that. Might be an artifact. She might be killing him with like Abraham or the the axe George Washington used to cut down the cherry tree. <laughs> Wouldn't that be legendary? I support it. <laughs> yeah, the titular axe. She <laughs> she throws it into the thing's neck. It doesn't die, so Joel has to shoot him, and then he dies. And through all of that, they're like, "Woof, made it out." Except for Ellie goes, "Ah, fuck!" As soon as she gets out and is unbidding and in the same arm and it's great because she's just like whatever <laughs> yep and joel's like put this on your arm <laughs> like no one cares um and i do love that that they're just mm-hmm. like she's like because in the game if i remember correctly they didn't know what would happen if she got bit again they were like we don't know mm-hmm. like it might have just been a fluke that one time <laughs> but right. in the show they're like and I don't fucking know. Because Tess says to her, but they can rip you to pieces. Like, mm-hmm. you might not be infected, but they can still rip you to pieces. Yeah. But then they're just, like, hanging out. <laughs> There's just, like, a moment of peace. Like, mm-hmm. a moment. And and then that moment is gone forever. <laughs> yeah, because they go down to... They go down. They go to, they go to the Capitol because that's where they're trying to get because that's where the fireflies are supposed to be. Um, I know the plot of this show. I was just like, they go down to the thing and then they walk over to the thing. Um, but they're going to the oh, Capitol building. Going to the Capitol building. <laughs> mushrooms yeah. I did say while I was watching this last night and I think it would be funny. I was like, do you think they ever have to do like the Walking Dead thing, where the Walking Dead, like if you if you recall, they'll cover themselves in blood and just like walk next yeah. to zombies? I said, would they do that, but like douse themselves in like truffle oil? Every mushroom you can get from that old dilapidated Burger King. I don't care. Burger King. Burger King. I don't know if Burger King serves mushrooms. I I haven't ordered from them. In a while. Uh, that jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Why don't you just choose a fancy restaurant? You're like, here's all the fast food. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Five Guys. <laughs> yeah. Five Guys at least has a mushroom. He's got to have, like, a mushroom on that burger somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, so they're like... They have a moment of peace. Well, Benjamin's on the podcast. Hi, Benji. Hello, Benji. Um, so they have a moment of peace. They're all just sitting like Ellie's like, whatever, I guess. I got bit again. Wraps her arm up. And then Joel's like, he says something to her. I can't remember what it is. 
where he was like, oh, now you're not afraid. And she's like, this is wood. Just walks across this crickety old bridge <laughs> just without fear. She was just like, time to walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ma'am. There are some things in here that are just like, is that a little too video game accurate? Because like, I'm pretty sure like that, that those were moments where like, you know, she walked across the wooden plank and then Joel walked across it. And it was like, this is how you walk across a wooden plank. Like in the game, it was a, an ability, but like in the show, it's just like Ooh. they just do it. Listen, oh, I already yeah. saw I already saw all the tweets that were like, these ladders were just hanging up. I had to lift that shit every time I wanted a ladder. <laughs> exactly. It was that and then the people who were like, show's not accurate. Joel didn't die four times before he even got through the first level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah so they're like they just walk across this blank and Tess is just sitting there and at first you're like ah she's just happy to be alive mm-hmm. um, if you don't know jack shit that's what you think but she is like Mwah. so then they're going to the capitol building and they find this truck first of all Joel probably thought it was like Fedra but it is the way that like he goes to see if anyone's in this truck. I'm like, did you think a clicker was just like hanging out in this truck? <laughs> I don't think just they like, know how to do that. I don't think they know how to sing. Could you imagine if a clicker was just like, I'm going to drive this truck to Boston because I heard uh-huh. there's not many of us there so I can eat. Like, <laughs> okay. That would be a very resourceful clicker. That would be, yeah. that would be scary. Uh, <laughs> a little scary. That clicker is like, I got this, guys. I'm about to drive. Um, but so he opens the truck. There's no one in there. He does an insane way of like checking on the truck instead of just like looking through, being like, "Cool." He goes the whole way around and ch- opens the other door, and I'm like, "What do you think happened in the two? Se- Whatever." Um, but then they're like, "All right, let's go," and they see the one of the fireflies are supposed to be finding is dead, and so they're like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And they go into the Capitol building and all of the fireflies that they were looking for are just like murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they, they're uh, like trying to figure out what to do next. They're all kind of like yelling at each other. And then when they're like trying to think ahead of where to go, Tess is saying stuff that like finally clues Ellie into the fact that she's infected. Mm-hmm. Um, Because Ellie is the one that's like, shit, she's infected. And I have a question. Because, like, the line reading of this, first of all, we were warned in that first episode. It showed you the degrees of, like, how fast you will become infected Mm -hmm. based on where you got bit. And the neck where Tess was bitten was, like, three hours tops. Mm -hmm. And so the way that she was like, "Uh, yeah, our luck ran out. I wanted to be like, what was your game plan, friend? Because <laughs> you got bit. You knew you got bit in the neck. And you knew it wasn't getting better. So, like, what was your game plan? Drop this girl off. Be like, hey, Joel, you want to go have a romp in the hay right quick before <laughs> I become a clicker? Yeah, just like, one last go. I mean, I mean. Like I, she was too calm for, for my taste. Anna Torv, I love you, but what, what was your game plan? What were you going to oh, do? Mean- I, I will, I'll give her credit for that calmness. That's a lot more than a lot of people can say in the middle of an apocalypse with the way they'll carry themselves around what is effectively a child. 
Like Ellie is, <laughs> is wise true. beyond her years. She, she's seeing some shit, but at the same time, you know, like you need to. There's just I think there's like a, a second sense with like adults, like not even like a parental like sense. Like if we're in trouble, like we're not gonna tell the kid immediately. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna try and find a way to solve that problem without causing like stress or or trauma to what is already a traumatized child. So See, like I'm, I get that I'm gonna be like, loud as shit. Like <laughs> I got bit. I got bit. Everybody run. <laughs> fuck it's a, like something bit me leave me here i'm dead and it's like a bug and they're like you got bit by a goddamn bug i'm like i just felt a bite it's an ant bite <laughs> but so she like and joel are like having a moment but then ellie girl i love you so much ellie but like ellie's like we can't leave her yes you can girl you can leave her she's going to become a clicker you she know really this. Yeah, she'd be like, bye. <laughs> and Ellie was like, nope. Her and Joel are like talking and it's like one of those things where it was like, I, I do really like that speech, but from like a sad girl perspective <laughs> where she's like, basically like, I've always loved you. I know you haven't loved me. Just like shut up and let me say it. Like, who, girl, who who among us hasn't? Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, I, I, yeah, but it's interesting because, like, the game, they don't even have, like, the cuddle moment that we got to see. Like, I don't even think they were living together. Like, they're living no. together in the TV show. So it's more kind of like, those two have fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. 100% they have. Yeah, that's happened. I'm so sorry if anyone from Pedro Pascal's team ever listens to this podcast. I'm like, those two fucked. <laughs> Hey guys, please book us for the next uh, yeah. event. We really want to go to the Mandalorian yeah. red carpet. As you can see, we are professionals. You can definitely. <laughs> We're professionals. Did you see my clicker impression? I've seen on Variety, Vanity Fair, Sci Fi. As told by Tim Very multiple soon. times. <laughs> I'm just over here. Those two will be fucking. Um, but they like truly, truly, uh, honestly did fuck. Um, because, <laughs> uh, but there is like there were there was info in the like companion podcast about like they cut it, but like Tess's uh, husband and kid uh, were bitten and turned, not turned, infected, um, and so like her ba- like. That's why she like had like zero hope, and then when she saw that Ellie like didn't turn, or you know, what I mean, like her bite healed, she was like, "Holy shit!" Like there is hope for people, mm-hmm. which I respect. That's a that's a nice lady. She got bit, knew she wasn't gonna make it, but was like she could help others. Meanwhile, I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm taking her down with me. No one is getting out of this. <laughs> if I have to die in the process of this." I'm taking her and the hottie that I've been fucking for. You know, this is this does not bode well for you if you need to run west and there's an apocalypse. I'll be like, I'm not home. <laughs> I'm not home. I, I've heard no. Rachel's plan. No. Sorry, no. <laughs> uh, no, I fully know I would never survive an apocalypse. I think I could, but then I know I wouldn't. I'd be dead so fast. Give myself um, like three months tops. I don't know. 
Yeah. I need, I do always have like a game plan. I'm like, I would hijack a car. I don't know how to hotwire a car, but I said I'd hijack one. (laughs) (laughs) I learned how to um, uh, uh, repair a power generator once while I was writing a novel. Um, But I don't know how reliable my memory would be. So, but I have a really high survival um, skill and competence. So I'm going to get, I'm going to buy another electric bike since mine got stolen and just like, electric bike my way out <laughs> yeah hope, hope the the infected aren't fast enough to get <laughs> i'd be like i gotta go i'm on the fourth floor if i know anything about zombies they can't climb they can't climb stairs mm. i'm solid mm. um <laughs> but yeah the like so tess got bit she's like couldn't last forever um and so her and Joel are talking and she has a really good line like we're making jokes but it is truly one of the like most heartbreaking but like most badass ways to go out in this game and show because like um I wrote about this but what's cool about The Last of Us is there are so many different female characters uh that right now currently the female characters outweigh the male characters because we really got Joel and Tommy and then it's Marlene Marlene's Firefly friend who I forget her name but she has one ear uh it was Tess Ellie um so it's what four-ish women to the two dudes so it's kind of cool to see like yeah Tess's death is not like if a woman died in any other piece of media, because you'd be like, great, well, there goes the one lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of cool. Uh, but she uh, she tells him, save who you can save. Mm-hmm. So bigger woman than I'll ever be. Uh, you can. That's a lie. I was telling people <laughs> to mask up in the pandemic. I would sacrifice my life for the greater good. <laughs> I would spock my way out of this. Um because uh, because basically save who you can save is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. This is the same same mentality. You got the one person who's like, I'll die to save humanity. First of all, girl, you were dying anyway. Um but yeah. she tells she tells Joel to go and see Bill and Frank, which is different from the game. Because in the game, she's like, go find Tommy. Cause mm. Bill, cause Bill, cause uh, Joel and Tommy aren't talking, right? And in the show, they have clearly been talking, so uh, that's a nice little switch. So we're going to Bill and Frank next episode, mm-hmm. uh, and basically, and in another change, Tess and Fedra is following them. And so, like, that's Tess uses herself as a distraction so that Joel and Ellie can, like, get out. In the show, um, the clickers are all coming because they woke up, like, one of the, like, dormant little tendril thingies. And so all these clickers are coming. Um, And so Tess is like, I'm going to blow us up. Mm -hmm. And... And gets uh, gets a smooch before she dies. It's just not who you think it is. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't go out quite the way one would expect. Uh. 
Oh, God. Why I have couldn't... to click away. I can't look at the window. <laughs> Why couldn't Joel Miller just get smooched on? We had to watch <laughs> this fucking central thing go <laughs> into her mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, um, so she got mouth tendrilled by this clicker while she's trying to like light gasoline on fire so she can blow up the thing because Joel basically like dragged Ellie out of there and was like let's fucking go um and so they're running so they're trying to get away from the clickers uh she blows it all up and so Joel and Ellie can then go to like where Frank and Bill are um and that's the end of the episode and it's like it's good I don't like the that's the thing is the show is just good and you're like even though they walked around a bunch you're like I had the time of my life they were tr- they were walking yep I grew up with Lord of the, R- the Rings do you know how exciting walking is for me <laughs> they're just walking everywhere they're just walking all over the place yeah. that's like 90% of the movies I'm I was not walking I was a snarky child so I loved it because every time Ellie would say something she would have some, like someone would tell her something she'd have some fucking smart ass thing to say <laughs> I loved it. It was a good episode. It's a good step toward exactly what we're going to get for the rest of the series, which is a Joel and Ellie story. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think like the it's it was good because they've both had their own like personal losses, um, but they also did. Now they share a loss with Tess. You know, like even though Ellie didn't spend all that much time with her, Tess, Tess clearly made an impression on her and so uh i think i think this is gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see where it goes next i'm excited yeah. for nick offerman. i love nick offerman's obviously i didn't do this on purpose i should have saved this for next week <laughs> but i am wearing my pawnee indiana shirt um uh yeah I, I love a good nick offerman in my life mm-hmm. um but the like what you were saying earlier like i really do love the slow build. I wrote about this today too. The slow build of their relationship because like it'd be so easy to just basically make her into a carbon copy of his daughter mm-hmm. and make it like if this show took place even like two years after Sarah's death, maybe he would have been more like instantly like mm-hmm. I got to help this child. But it's been 20 years. He's like come to terms with his daughter being dead. The last thing he kind of wants is to like deal with the child and like be reminded constantly of his daughter. So at the end of the f- the first episode, we saw him have that flashback where he was like, "This is how I lost Sarah," and it's like, "Oh, he's not over that." But now they are, for lack of a better term, trauma bonded to each other. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that's they, basically it. Because they both lost her. It's like, yeah, their relationships were very different, but. Mm-hmm. I, he was still a dad. He's not going to forget how to like comfort a fourteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him open up a little bit, uh, a little bit more every episode. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah. So what are you uh, most looking forward to about mm-hmm. the upcoming episodes? Uh, so I believe two of our upcoming episodes are directed by women. Um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and I'm just really, I'm really hyped to see more Joel and Ellie. Like their relationship is very integral to this series and to what 
is hopefully going to turn into more seasons that'll lead into The Last of Us too. So I really want to see them get like super close. I want the audience to have lots of opportunities to bond with them um, and and what comes of, of their um, kinship together. And yeah, I'm, I'm hyped. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm excited about the relationship. I'm excited just for how genuine oh, this is going to sound so fake. I was about to say just how hot he is, but like he embodies Joel Miller in a way. But like, I, let me explain. Joel Miller himself is incredibly hot. Like that character when you're playing the game has an energy that you're like, yes, please save me from the apocalypse, sir. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even though I'm a like, I think Pedro Pascal is an attractive man, and I'm very like in love with him. Watching this show, I'm like, oh, he nailed that energy that you get when you're watching the like you're playing the game. I said watching the game because I that's what I did. Um, but like, because that's what Joel is. Joel is like a character who like is just people are attracted to a video game because <laughs> he's he just has a vibe that's like I'm gonna protect you, but I'm also like I don't bullshit around. And I was like, I don't know, I love that energy, and I think he does it so well in this series that it is wild. Like it for someone for a man who is like, I don't know how to play video games. I've never played video games. He mastered that character. Like no one's business. And I'm sure he went through the, like, you know, the motions of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm really excited to see how people react to like the other things he does throughout the series with Joel. I just think he's so good. And I I love their little relationship, too. I think, like, the third episode is one of the best episodes of, of TV that I've seen in a while. But also just, like, in general, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> hi, Benji. For those that are watching or listening, not watching my cat, just put took up my whole screen. Um, uh, but, like, I think their episode three is just one of those episodes where people are either going to be like, oh my God, this is so good. Or I, I I hope everyone just thinks it's good. I don't want there to be any discourse about it. I hope everyone is just like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good episode of TV. So I like what they did with Bill and Frank um, and their kind of relationship with Joel and everything. And I think it's really cool. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> also, thank you, Ashley. Ashley got me. No smart ass <laughs> from when Joel is just straight up in the water uh, telling Ellie she's a smart ass. Um, <laughs> this cat just wants to be on the podcast. Yep. Um, uh, well, for one quick last thing before we do Stash of the Week, oh. we've got Kiss again. And but now it is time for the tried, the true stash, 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 stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be bad draws. Yay! Oh, Benji. Benji turned it back on. Benji was like, no, I want to see that chat again, please. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, so, first up is mm-hmm. <laughs> the tired dad sash. Like, Ellie sasses him so bad right before this, and he just kind of like rolls his eyes and uh, 
and I, I loved it. It was great. Great lighting in the scene. He looks fantastic. He looks so done with her. Um, and I just appreciated it a lot. And mine, I guess, which is just, you know, something's wrong with me in this show. Because when he's at his lowest is when I'm just like, mm, hot. Uh, <laughs> because we cannot forget the bloody bicep. Or booty. But my stash choice of the week is when he learns that Tess is infected and he will no longer get to be chitty chitty bang banging. No more bang banging, just chitty chittying. <laughs> Not even chitty chittying because she's yeah. about to be a mushroom. <laughs> uh, Tess. Clicky clicking. <laughs> that was my clicker Tess version. <laughs> Uh, that's my favorite because I don't know he was real hot when he was sad about it Um, and yeah overall I think it was a very good episode Uh, I liked it I did like just how kind of simple it was because I know they're not all going to be that way and I know a lot of them (laughs) I'm saying this like you know I don't know I know that a lot of them are going to be more action-packed and like Mm -hmm. I like the second episode I think it's good if second episode is just kind of like, hey, here's the world. We're easing you in. We're going to show you that no one is really safe. Uh, we'll kill whoever the fuck we want. And yeah, I think it's just a cool kind of continuation of the story. So far, so good. Hell yeah, it is. All right, Katrina, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere on the internet. If you look for O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A, I'm pointing at my name tag for those listening um, here on the stream. Uh, and, uh, and I'm going to be doing cool stuff. I'm streaming a bunch this week. Um, so come watch me stream. And uh, I have a bunch of projects that are just on the cusp of being announced. But I just have to wait a little bit longer before I can promote them. So stay tuned. Where can we find you, Rachel? At Rachel Leishman on Twitter, at Rachel underscore Leishman on Instagram. Pedro, if you want to refollow me on social media, you can follow me there if you're listening. Um, yeah. Uh, and you can find my work at the Mary Sue and Collider, where I do a lot of SNL for Collider, which Nick Offerman adjacent. Uh, I wrote about Leslie Nope coming back to NBC this last weekend because that was the greatest thing that ever happened. You guys just met Benjamin Wyatt the Cat, who knocked the thing over, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's all my places. <laughs> um, you can follow the podcast at Pedro Pascal. E- Pedro Pascal, if you want to email us, it's pedropascalpod at gmail.com. Yes. Um, I'm going to start ending every episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pedro, if you or your reps want to get in contact with us, there are several ways you can do this. So My DMs are literally open. Mine are um, not, but for you, anything. uh but yeah like rate subscribe review tell your friends tell your friends who like video games but are chill about it Uh, (laughs) um come and come and listen tell related people on red carpets that padre pascal exists yeah keep telling him about padre pascal so then he's finally so annoyed that he's i gotta figure out what the fuck this is i guess Uh, i'll go (laughs) uh until next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye.